what has a grip of us until Christ enters in your heart and now you have what? The light of the spirit, the generated spirit in you. That spirit is going to push out the darkness. And the first thing you're going to experience is physical instability. And I know when I came in here, I've told that story many times. I used to want to run out those doors. I had a fever like I never had in my whole life. And I had to just keep reading the scriptures, keep reading the scriptures. I was warring using the word because the word spoken cannot come back void. And the thing is, when we start speaking out scripture, our voice has power. Our body may be weak, but guess what? Our voice with the word is strong because it's the spirit that you could sound so weak reading out scripture, barely getting it out. But I'm going to tell you, just the trust that you have in him to speak that scripture is going to push something out. You know, and even when, as people grow in maturity, influences try to jump on you. There are influences that try to jump on you. And you have to still what? Speak that word as it's given to you. All right. And that's where, hey, how many people have seen the movie War Room? And I, we keep sending, Gene and I keep sending people out <laughs> to see it. Because Reem and Richard invited me to go see a movie on um, Sunday. I said, what is it called? And they said, War Room. I was like, ugh, War Room, you know? Because I don't like anything messy. And they're like, Lee, we would never take you out to a movie that wouldn't be a G. <laughs> they, you know, like, we are, we're taking you out to a good movie. It's about God. So I said, okay, because I didn't watch anything before. Well, when I was done, I texted everybody in the ministry. I said, you need to go see War Room. You need to go see War Room. You need to go see War Room. And the funny thing is, Gene and Zinni went to go see it on Sunday, too. And Gene texted me back. We're, we have a War Room. <laughs> so we were both so excited. So we told everybody at Kingdom Life Fit, don't work out. Go to, we sent everybody to the movies. We sent, and we paid for all their movies. And I kept telling, everybody needs to go with your family. You need to go with your family. Because what it's teaching is what we teach in this ministry, is how to take the word and let the Lord reveal it to you. And then you start speaking it into the atmosphere. Because our weapons of warfare in this world is not our mouth to one another. It's our speaking his word out in the spirit. Okay? Our weapons of warfare are not carnal. They are mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. So whatever stronghold is in your life, can be conquered by the spoken word. And you know, I don't know if you can pull up scripture yet. Um, are you able to do that yet? There's a scripture and it's in Romans 15:30, and it tells us that we are to have love in spirit. You know, we learn about, we know how this Holy Spirit feels, but you know what? There's a love. I call it a one kind love affair. Everybody's heard me talk about the Spinner song, One of a Kind Love Affair. If we can get the love of the Spirit and the Word all together, when it is spoken in proper time, it can't come back void. And so it's beautiful how we learn to be in love in Spirit. And that's what I want to talk about tonight. So we go out as a mega outreach group, and we have these little lesson books that we kind of teach when we go into other churches. And I taught this one a couple weeks ago, a couple Wednesday nights ago. And after I was done teaching it, I was like, I don't even think we've teaching this to our ministry. We haven't taught this to our ministry. This is a great teaching that we haven't really put out. 
And so um, let me help them get the music at the right temperature. <laughs> I like this. We have new, new technicians at the back tonight. All right, praise God. The lesson that we taught a couple Wednesdays ago was called Understanding the Seven Internal Functions. All right, and you know, I thought it was really cool because as I was teaching it, I kept thinking, wow, we haven't taught this in Sonship. We haven't taught it at all. And it's on these two charts, but I'm going to break this down in a way that you kind of understand as we're growing up. Remember, people are feeling manifestations out of their body. Why? Because they're now coming in one, in alignment of oneness with the seven internal functions that God has already designed in our body. And the first one is the regenerated spirit, full of light. There are three functions, intuition, communion, and discernment. And the awesome thing is he lets us know, and we're not ready for, can you do verses yet? You can? Go ahead and put up John 14, 15 through 18. This spirit is called the spirit of truth. It's the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is the breath. Of truth it's breath so think about that when we breathe out if we say something a word hey you know what my iPhone I can put my iPhone next to my skin and when somebody's talking I feel air coming out of it have you guys ever done that have you ever talked to somebody on your iPhone and then the little speaker area where the sounds coming out air comes out Vibration. yeah isn't that cool Okay, I want you to think about that. The regenerated spirit is breath. It is the breath of God. Or we're going to speak breath behind, we're going to use the breath of God and speak something that's not God. All right? So we have what's called the spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit in us, but it is the breath of truth. When we hear what God is trying to speak to us and we say it, it has what? Power. Okay? When we are lost and our, and our spirit is not regenerated back to God, well, then everything this person is speaking, there is no life. That's why these are all dark bubbles. You see the person down here? Everything they're speaking is full of what? Color. It's full of life. Okay? It changes the atmosphere. So, John 14 15 through 18 says, If you really love me, you will keep, obey my commands. 16 says, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another comforter, a counselor, a helper, an intercessor, an advocate, strengthener, and a standby, that he may remain with you forever. 17, the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, they cannot welcome, they cannot take it into its heart because it does not see him or know or recognize him. Do you know when a person is lost and they haven't accepted Christ in their heart, they can't see him, they can't feel him, they don't know that there's something existing in them that's the spirit of truth. They're void of that. But they're searching for something. There is everybody before they come to Christ is searching for something to tell them what to do. 
Because when you accept and that spirit is regenerated in you, now you have the guarantee of life. You have the guarantee of breath. Something in you will counsel you, will guide you, will even intercede for you. When we were talking about intercession, we said we had to invite the Holy Spirit and say, "Give what do you want? And your spirit's going to bring something right to your mind. Something he wants. And who's interceding with you? Jesus. Because Jesus becomes our intercessor to the Father. So when we start praying from his heart, man, you got the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, and you all praying for something. You become one. All these functions become one. He says, I will not leave you as orphans. He will not leave us comfortless. He did not leave Wendy comfortless. He took care of her. He, didn't, he will not leave us desolate, bereaved, forlorn, helpless. I will come back to you. So if everybody in here has accepted Christ in their heart, and you may not have grown in it yet, but if you've accepted him, then all that is yours. You're not left as an orphan. He adopts you back into a family. He says, I never leave you barren. I never leave you left. Ask me. Come into the spirit and ask the Holy Spirit what you need to do. Now, it's, that is a hard thing to grip because we want to go to a mommy. We want to go to a daddy. We want to go to a sister. We want to go to a brother. We want to call a family member. We want to get on the phone chain of people, people who don't know us. All right, I want you to think about that. The Holy Spirit, guess what? Knows you. He knows you. He knows you better than anybody else. It doesn't make a difference. He wants you to be one with him so he can get the breath of life out of you. And see, that's, that's you got to like, work. it's like, wow, I'm not born alone. I was born on a team. All right, but I got to understand the what? Playbook. How does the alignment of it work? All right, so... We have, we know, the three functions are the intuition, the communion, the discernment. Keep in mind that the intuition, this is where direct knowledge without reason comes to you. Everybody in here has had something where you just, you just knew it. And you felt like something was either telling you to do something or telling you not to do something. Because instructions either Go do, go not do. What to do, what not to do. Communion is the act. The second internal function is an act of sharing spiritual union with him. What did we just do before we entered into the word? We worshiped him. We communed with him. We got ourselves out of ourselves. And you know what? You could feel the presence. It was coming down my arm. I could feel it. Just coming. It washes down. And what's it doing? It's defeating all the negative things we have in our mind. All right? So that's the purpose. When we commune with him, you commune with him by taking communion. You can take the bread and the wine, and you are giving him authority in your life. You can meditate on that word morning and night. And what are you doing? You're giving him authority in your life. You worship him in spirit and in truth. And what are you doing? You're giving him authority in your life. You pray. That's what the war room is, the movie War Room. It's about your prayer. And it's awesome. You commit that communion with him, and he does what? He starts becoming one in your life. 
And that's what I loved about the war room. It teaches you how to do it. And it showed you success. So you can, when you hear the Spirit speaking to you, if you're not communing with God, you are being what? Tossed to and fro. I don't know what to do. I'm not sure what to do. We grow up building a confidence, a boldness of Christ within us, going from glory to glory to glory, from an experience in a trial to another experience in a trial. And what gets stronger? Christ in us. The regenerated spirit gets stronger. It gets brighter. It gets confident. And it knows it's not going to move. When it hears that instruction, it doesn't waver. On the first row, we're still wavering because things have to come out of our fiber before we can truly hear and we can truly see. And so the goal is we want to get to the end. We want to get to the fullness of what we were called to do, which can only be when the fullness of the Spirit, these three in, internal functions start working together. So it's beautiful. I call it the threefold cord. I call them cords. Because wrapped together, those three, when they're together, your soul, it's, it's just out of there. <laughs> it's in charge. The conscience. Now, I want to think about this. We all have a conscience. We even learn it in psychology class when you go to college, right? You learn about the conscience. And the conscience is the sense of goodness. Or what you sense is bad. Your conscience determines the things around you. It is the seat of how you judge. Your conscience helps you judge what's going on around you. It bears witness of things you're either the Spirit's telling you or it bears witness to what your soul is trying to convince you. All right? And you know what level you're at because a person in this level, they're born again, love Christ, but they're still hating people. <laughs> <laughs> they're still complaining about people. They're still judging people. You know what? Love has to grow in us, all right? Because it's easy to be a complainer. We've all been there. We're born into that, all right? This person doesn't love me. This person doesn't take care of this. This person's ignoring me. This person doesn't do their job right. This blah, blah, right? Okay, that is darkness that's trying to work out of us. Because God wants us, even in the movie The War Room, to get in the alignment with Him. We're allowed to complain, but to who? Him. We're allowed to ask, who? The Holy Spirit. If we're not getting along with somebody, we're not to go to that person. You go to God through the Spirit. That is the Spirit of love, not beating someone down. Go into it in the Spirit. And God says, he's going to do his what? Will. There's a, there's a word, I love this, where he says, he says, I will come to you in joy. And he says, after I come to you in joy through the will of God. We'll never experience joy until it's through the will of God. So if we keep deciding to go do what we want to do and how we're going to handle a problem, we're not going to experience joy. But if we go through his will, which is his order, to put things to him first, let the Holy Spirit guide us, then we do. Then we act. And the main act that we have to do is just communing with him. And he, he can make something 
that you think you have to solve, dissolve. <laughs> that just hit me. It dissolves. You don't even, man, I can't even begin to tell you how many things get done for me in the day. And I could have spent all day thinking, I'm going to do it this way, I'm going to do it this way, I'm going to do it this way. I start walking in, and in God's world, if I communed with him, he's dissolving things, solving things. Man, I've had more people come up to me, I'll take care of that, I'm going to take care. You know, I used to do that. I used to be the one, oh, let me just take care of it because I didn't trust people to do stuff. I'll do it. And now it's amazing how God brings the... What everybody is called to do, the word says, I will bring it to you if you commune with me. I'm going to bring you into where you need to be. And then I'm going to bring everybody that's going to help you. Can you imagine that? We live in a world of such self-sufficiency, and we can solve things so fast. People all have an app on their iPhone. This app does this. This app does this. It's amazing what that app does. <laughs> the app of his order is incredible of what that can do more than finding something else out to figure it out. And so it is kind of cute because discernment is that sense of goodness that you press up to him. When the moment something happens you, that you have to discern your conscience, you need to take that goodness up to him. And then he, it says, the word says in Corinthians, the Lord judges. We're not to judge. We're just to what? Put it up. The Lord says, I judge all people. None of us are responsible for judging anybody. All right? And what are we to judge it with? What do we have? We have the word. And the more we get our souls renewed, which I'm going into next, then we can know what we're hearing is from God and not the enemy because the devil comes just like an angel of light. And we won't know the difference until we walk out maturity of the relationship of the word and him. All right? So that means that our breath becomes pure. It's a pure breath. But it takes time. So he wants us to know our discernment will bear witness, but our discernment matures as much as we worship. So the whole time you're feeling things, you're sensing things, you just know, you have that gut, you just know. You better start communing with God to know if it is him. Because the Satan comes the same way. He can sound like God. He can smell like God. In fact, it said in the end times, the teachings that will be out there will be so finely tuned that you're going to think you're listening to something of God and there's no anointing on it because it's really not him. And so we have to be so in the word and know him and worship him to be able to hear the difference. It says even the elect can easily get off course. And so isn't that amazing? That's why he tells us to sit and spend time with him. But the, so these are, that's those three internal functions that already work. And what's the key link? What do we have to do? Worship him. And I already told you all those ways that we all know those things. If you're not good at prayer, pray more. Pray out the word. If you don't worship a lot, force yourself to sing out loud. Kathy had a great testimony. We were talking the other night. And um, she's standing on some scripture now because she knows what she wants to work on. 
And I said, you just keep confessing that scripture and it's got to do something. Do you know, put up John chapter two, was it verse 19? You know, Jesus came into the temple and the, and the temple and people were selling everything. They were selling sheep, they were selling cattle, they were even selling doves, right? And he was getting, right? He, you know, but he's gentle, but it's awesome. Jesus, the, the teachers came to him and they said, hey, hey, hey. And these are teachers of the word, right? But that doesn't mean they had the spirit, all right? And they were saying, they were asking him, you know, what are you doing? You know, and he reminded, Jesus answered them. He said, I will, he can destroy this temple in three days and I will raise it up again. He had told them, I can take this temple down and completely destroy it, but I'm going to raise it up in how many days? Three. All right. Well, it's interesting. God showed us a way. Who is the temple of the Holy Spirit? We are. Okay. So all that residue in there, if we line up and we start communing with the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, because all you have to do is once you start communing, the alignment starts aligning. Do you know that he is going to start destroying the things in our temple that are not God? And guess what he says? If you stick with it, he's going to replenish it in what? Three days. If you want to, that works. If you stick to something and you commune with him, he's going to move something out of you and it's going to feel like death. Because when Jesus allowed himself to be crucified, he died, and then what happened? He was buried, and then the next day he was resurrection. That is the word. There is no other, there is no other way. So when we get an intuition of God, he's working on something, all we have to do is allow ourselves to be what? Crucified. We come to the base of the cross on that one issue. If God can't wipe everything out of us all at one time, you know what I mean? I talked about that on Thursday. I had one girl, I was working with her. She was definitely a ruby. She's like, I'm taking all these charts. I'm studying unforgiveness, shame, and reduction. I saw that. I said, well, slow down. Let's take one thing at a time, right? And she started studying it all, and she went into convulsions in the middle of the night. I had to pray with her, boy, and it got lifted. And I said, I told you, take it one thing at a time. You know, and sometimes, you know, we get so zealous for God, which is awesome. But sometimes we can go ahead of God and start stepping into something he didn't ask us to step into. That's why I said even the elect will be fooled. When we get up every morning and we commune with God to discern his goodness, he'll put something in your heart. And you know what he's going to do? He's going to destroy it. And in three days, he's going to what? Resurrect it. Now, if you want to go the hard way and start going ahead of God, go for it. Because even in premature labor, you will suffer. And I'm just, you know, this is what the Lord said. He, if you commune with him, he'll show you. He's not asking you to jump ahead of him. He's asking you to take your time with me. This is a process. I have to get some things out of you before I can start working some things in you. And so we have to be patient. Patience perfects what God is doing. And it's awesome because if you do it in patience, 
the power of your breath will knock people down because you allowed him to build his temple. All right? We get so excited, and we just want to be clean and white as snow. He already promised his word that he would do it. That's all we're to believe. He will wipe ourselves clean. But we've got to do it as he leads. I am bit, now I'm saying that I feel I'm burning up because I want everybody to get the fullness that they can get. And in that fullness, it's got to be perfected in love. And that takes time. And that's when the Lord showed me in Romans. They miss the love of the Spirit. They want to get ahead. And they want to do good. But they miss the love of the Spirit. And it says, those who do not seek God are brutal. They're irrational. They're jumping ahead. And the, but you know what? Some of that pain is going to be harder. When God said, I could do it in how many days? Three. If you just let it be revealed, and then all of a sudden, just let yourself die to the word. Kathy and I talked about it. Pick one thing. Start confessing that word. She's gonna st the death will happen. You will get sick. You won't feel good. But that was three days ago, Kathy. And today she felt a resurrection. So his word works. She started getting sick. Today she got the resurrection. Right? You feel good. Praise God. So he says, her as when Kathy grows more and speaks these words, now her voice will have what? Power. And it's not her power. It's the spirit of truth. Now that has power. He says he just doesn't hand his power over to anybody. He says it's the kingdom of God, which is the spirit of truth. Then it's the power, because you got through that. And then it's the glory. Okay? And the glory is when you help somebody else, because it's been done to you. All right? Isn't that beautiful? And it takes time, because now I'm going to go into these four functions. In the world, these four functions want to squash this. Because these four functions, they have to, the word has to get into this. In fact, it says, go to um, James 1, 21, 22. James, and you know, I love this. He promises he's going to rise up that temple. He promises in that he's going to rise it up. Did you hear me? James 1, 21, 22. Now, our soul gets saved by these guys. The intuition, the communion, and the discernment. Our soul gets saved by that. It says, so get rid of all uncleanliness and the rampant outgrowth of wickedness in a humble, gentle, modest what? Spirit. So that means there's a spirit in us that we just, we have to take it what? Humble. We gotta take it gentle. Do you know, it says, no one will boast. When we give a testimony, it's because it's real. If you start boasting about something before it's time, you are inviting Satan in. And Satan's going to make it what? Harder. Because you just boasted about it before it's time. So praise the Lord. We are to be humble, gentle, modest spirit. Receive and welcome the word 
which implanted and rooted in your hearts contains the power to save your soul. So when we commune and spend time in the word, it's because it's got to get implanted here. And it's got to be an implanting, a seed gets planted in. And then the seed, what? As it's watered, takes root, right? It starts to what? Grow. All right? And we, but in our soul, we have a lot of what? Weeds. So it says, when the good seed grows, weeds come up with it. Because when the enemy sees, that's in you, that's in your mind, your thought, sees that you're actually standing on that word and you're confessing that word and you're communing with him and you understand that that spirit has power, then, wow, it says, now I'll send one to take the weed and consume it. That's on the third day. When he, you go to the death and the burial, before you get resurrected, Whatever wrong belief is in your soul, it gets consumed by the fire of God. Because you've spoken that word. You have worshiped him. You have meditated on that. You said, I believe that you're going to destroy what's wrong in my soul. You're going to bring it to death. You're going to bury it. And you're going to what? Resurrect the truth of it. All right? So, and that has to happen in these four functions. And these functions say, this is what we have intellect and reasoning. What do we try to do? <laughs> I love how good the enemy is. The enemy takes our intellect and reasoning, and when we don't trust God, guess what we do? We Google the topic. And we find every other article to tell us it outside of the word. I say that cute because I made that mistake. I have made the mistake to try to find understanding in something when all I had to do was take this and say, God, I don't understand about prayer. And I'm going to tell you every time I have chosen not to go to another source, it's amazing how he speaks to me. The Holy Spirit shows me a verse and I get, that's the wonder of God is when he can show you something because you didn't have to research it hard. You just had to what? Get in the alignment. Ask. And he knows your heart. If he knows you really want to understand prayer, man, prayer's going to hit you on every section you go to. And he says, now I'm going to teach you. Because what he has to teach you, there's going to be a death, there's going to be a burial, and there's going to be a resurrection in that. You can't jump on the bus and say, everybody's doing this. God might not have called you to do it. That's why we tell people, if you come in and intercede in the morning, no, God sent you. Don't come because you're not, you, if God didn't send you, because that might not have been what God's plan was for you. But if God calls you into a ministry to grow, I always say, latch on and know that you're home. But still submit everything you hear in here, you need to take it where? Back home. And you need to, you need to do it with yourself with the word. Because the intellect and the reasoning is the first court Jesus comes to sanctify. And you can choose an other teaching, an other thought outside of this, another article, and you could try to apply it. And guess what? It's going to 
seem like it's doing what it's called to do. Now, I'm just saying that really powerful because Jesus came to be the living word. And that means if you submit yourself to him and this word silently, the Holy Spirit knows how we each think. My thinking's not like his thinking or your thinking. He's going to teach it in the way you need to receive it, in the way he knows you will pray, in the way he knows how he wants to use you. Do you get what I'm saying? We're not like being in spirit. The love of the spirit is not saying, let's go to this gym class. Let's do, um, uh, what do you call it? Bicycling, right? And everybody's riding a what? A bicycle. And everybody's hoping to get the same what? Results. And if we do it for 20 minutes, every day like this, blah, 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 blah. Okay, get what I'm saying? Your body's supposed to produce results. Okay, but in spirit, the love in spirit is, we already know we're to worship him, pray in the word, meditate with the word, pray, you know what I mean? Take communion. But now you've got to do it as the Holy Spirit teaches you. Then when we come together in fellowship, each of us is a body part. Every body part wants to have the same mind, the same thought, drink from the same thing, feed from the same word. But guess what? We all get to bring a different part to the whole picture. Isn't that beautiful? So the way, it, it is so awesome how he wants to get that truth to us. But he doesn't want us to do it and become followers of people. He wants us to become followers within him. That's the love that he has a special way of teaching each individual person. So the intellect is the hardest one because, man, Satan works so in this society. Like I said, we got an app for everything, right? He want, you know, the enemy comes with an app. <laughs> I'm sorry, it's so cute. But I'm not saying apps are bad. I'm just saying it was just cute to say that. If he can get us off on another thinking, another teaching, a wrong method way of getting there, then he knows we're going to choose that way and not his way. So that's why intellect and reasoning is such a tough one because we want to stay in will and choice. We want to be able to choose him because he says, I said to Carrie, I texted us to Carrie, how do you know you're chosen? Because you chose him. <laughs> you are chosen because you chose him. He already made it that everybody had to what? If you're going to be reconciled, you have to choose what? Jesus, that's the only way you're going to get to the Father is you're going to have to choose him. The moment you choose him, you become chosen. You've become his chosen people. Why? Because he knows you're going to learn through the Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth. We are drawn by the spirit of truth, but now the truth of the spirit has to get in our head and push out the wrong thinking. All right, I always say this is cute. I went to the Episcopal Church. They always had the Apostles' Creed written on the wall. And we had to memorize it in confirmation class. So I came here and I heard this was an apostolic ministry, right? What's missing on the wall? The Apostles' Creed, right? That's wrong thinking. That was wrong thinking. That I came in here, if that's not on the wall, then this is not an important place, right? That was what? Wrong thinking, because it was what I was what? Taught. All right, so when I stuck with what I was taught, I wasn't trying to say, what's the Spirit showing me? Is that the spirit of truth? It was my mind saying, that needs to be on the wall of any church you walk into. All right? And then I learned, oh my gosh, that's so silly. That's just man-made rules. And then I was so, wow, 
Denominations are made up with what? Man-made interpretations of this. All right, when he opened up this ministry, he said the first thing he heard God say was, now do everything opposite of the church. You're going to do it by this and worship. And then he will show what, we, what we're going to do in here. I mean, and that's the most awesome thing because we just have to dedicate ourselves to the truth. Then he will cause the spirit of truth to manifest the truth in your soul. All right? And that's when we have to choose. But then we have here, fears is just the enemy trying to take what you already know to make you fear what's new coming into your understanding. Because the enemy wants you to fear getting the spirit of truth. He wants you to fear because why? You have to walk in faith of what you don't know. Man, if you get up and worship God every day and he says, I'm going to work on, and he starts showing you complaining. And then the first thing you're saying is, I don't complain. (laughs) And then all of a sudden, every verse, boom, boom, start hitting you about complaining. And you meditate on those verses. You know what? If you stick to it, he's going to bring you to what? Death, burial, and a resurrection if you stick with it. This ministry is supposed to help you what? Hold on to the plow and don't look back. But do it the way he's going to do it with you. I'm very firm on that. My journey's different from other people's journeys. But we're all getting to the same what? Place of a renewed mind, doing what God has called us to do. So it's awesome. Ultimately, God wants to work through our affections. Love is the key. He wants to develop our true love. You know, I love it. When I came in here, the Lord, it was crazy. He like manifested through Gene. I mean, everybody, if you know Gene well, you've had that experience when he manifests. The Lord manifests through him. And we're sitting in a, in a, um, a lunch place. And Gene's eyes, it was like, I mean, my body was burning up. <laughs> it was like God was looking at me. And he asked me, what is the mission? Now, I felt like Gene's voice changed and his eyes were different. And when he asked me what the mission was, I knew the answer. I heard it, but I was afraid to say it. I heard, I kept hearing, love and truth, love and truth, love and truth, love and truth. But I'm looking at Gene, never had this experience before. I now don't know what to say. (laughs) So I didn't say anything. And then you felt the moment go away. It was like something came and something left. So we go to lunch two days later, same booth, same moment, everything happens, and it just blurted out, love and truth. And you know what? Guess what happened after that? I came into agreement with a mission that I had with God. And then guess what he kept teaching me about? Love and truth. I went home, the Bible opened up, words jumped out at me, and he said, I, don't, I never opened the Bible until I came to this ministry seven years ago. And I'm going to tell you, when he opened that Bible to me, I went to church all the time, but I didn't open a Bible because I thought, that's too holy to touch, right? Like, I just thought that was for intellectual people. <laughs> I was great with going through the rotation and paying my money. But when that started, I'm serious, but when that opened up to me, every time something was spoken to me and you knew it, was, it hit you here, it's like this opened up and it became crazy to me. Like, I thirsted this. I, everything was about, because he said, he showed me a vision. You will help my people claim the cup of truth and love. And if that's all you do, I will supply everything of your need. 
and he has done it. He has taken everything away from me to show me that he supplies everything in my need. He has supplied everything of one of my needs as long as I'll continue to teach truth and love. And so I know that's the mission because nobody can truly advance in the purity of unity without knowing the truth and the love. And it says in Psalms, when they kiss, an explosion happens. When you can get the truth of the word and the love in spirit balanced, oh my God, you just shake. Your internal shake because it's so pure, the change in your life, that you can never go back. You can never go back to the world. In fact, once I learned this thing, hey, it takes three days. I need to die. <laughs> Myself needed to get buried. And I'm going to feel a resurrection. All right? So once I got it, and I wasn't, it was one step at a time. Boom. A word would come. It would hurt. I would feel the pain. Because I'd be like, I don't live like that. And then I was like, all right. So then I, would, I've, I felt the death. I felt the barrier. And then I felt the resurrection. But he gets that moment in place after you've already been spending time with him. That's the key thing. It says, if you will worship him, he says, tarry with me. Tarry with me. You could worship one day and felt like you did, nothing happened. Because he says, tarry with me. Then I'm going to show you on an unexpected day. You just know what you need to know. The Lord showed me. Kathy needed to work on something with unforgiveness, and I had to do something deeper with her. Man, we were like magnets after class. Because the Lord just wanted somebody to confirm with her. This was the way to go. But he also said, I'll do it in three days if she sticks to it. See, this is where people give up on God. They give up on it because they think things are supposed to happen like a lot all at once. And God says he is like a candy bar. How many times have you ever gone into the store and you just had to have that candy bar just like great in the wrapper? And then you take, yeah, okay, think about this. And you either, two things happen. You either really slow you want to enjoy it right right down to the end so then you you open it and then it becomes the worst candy bar you ever had and you just paid like a dollar for it in my time it was 25 cents when i was little you go down the five and dime and get 25 cents and you get a reggie bar right the reggie bar just looks so good but then when you would eat it you'd be like oh that wasn't as great as what i thought it would be you know what i mean or you get a candy bar and you just know it's good. You can trust the Kit Kat, right? You can trust the Reese's. You know the names that are always going to taste good. And then you eat them within what? Seconds. How many times have you all hounded down a serious candy bar, right? You take it down. And the next thing you know, you feel so bad about yourself, right? Hounded it down. That's what I call it. Yeah. Okay. I've done that. I've gone in and paid for gas and you see all those candy bars and you're like, yeah, man. Hey, I stayed at. Hey, I stayed at. I stayed at Wendy's house one time, and I love sweet and sour stuff. I'm staying in her bed. I'm sleeping there, and the cat's on my face, and I'm not an animal person. I open up her drawer. He's trying to show you love. And yes, and the drawer was filled with Sour Patch Baby doll yes. candy, right? And I'm just like, oh my god, I could get so sick on that candy. Do you know what I mean? And I had like shut the door, you know, and totally worship God. Okay. But I want you to think about it. 
When we have the truth already in us, but our flesh wants to take, we're going to have some experiences. And it's either going to be like the candy bar you couldn't wait to happen, and it was a disappointment, right? Because you went ahead. Or it's going to be like the candy bar, something you can trust, something you know you do anyway because you do it so well. And then you just chop, chop, get it done, and you feel what? Sick. I want you to think about that. We can go ahead of the spirit that way. Do you know so many people come in counseling? I'm just, you know, I just, I'm not getting it right. I'm not doing it right. Okay, what are you not doing right? Because that's who's speaking to you, the enemy. The enemy. If the Holy Spirit's in you, then guess what? He has a time and move for everything in your life, and it takes preparation. Yes. Okay, and part of the preparation is getting the word. Right? Because you got to have word to know truth. All right? Communing with him. And he just wants your time so he can prepare you. And that's what I, I had learned to relax on that. I was the same way. I wanted to get ahead of God. But when I would relax and wait for the spirit of truth, then to get the truth of the spirit in this head, then he could do something with me. And my breath had, there was power. But if I went ahead of him, it was, it could be disastrous because it was like eating the candy bar too fast. And then I got sick because I thought I was ready and I wasn't ready. All right. So God is preparing each and every one of you to accomplish something in him. And even in your marriages, if you're married, I love it. Now two got to balance. That's not easy all the time. All right. But God, that's why I say, go see war room. When you get the alignment of him, he already says, I'm going to put everything in alignment for you. I'm going to put it all in alignment for you. So I wanted, one of the things I wanted to teach tonight about the seven internal functions, if you allow, and the key part is the communion, if you allow your communion with God to be dedicated unto him in such a way that you just, you just worship him in his goodness, you look for what do you want to work on me now? He'll put it right in your spirit if it's going to be unforgiveness, shame, rejection. And he wants all these seven internal things to work together. That's why it's called working out your salvation. He wants to work out what's not of God in here so this can dominate the soul. All right? And see, that's why by the blood of the Lamb, forgiveness, and the word of our testimony, the breath of the truth of the Spirit, power, it just knocks people down. People are with you, and they feel that love of Christ. And they don't know why. And God is not going to put you with somebody that you haven't already been through something yourself. And so that's the one thing you have to trust him. So if you don't encounter somebody for a day, don't worry about it. I read a line I read somewhere in a book. It said, it's all about the numbers. Okay, well, if that's the way a person thinks, then they're getting very ahead of God. Because he already has a number count of everybody I'm supposed to help. It's already written in the book. So all I have to do is walk out my every day and what? Trust him. And he'll bring what? Those people right funneled to me. I don't have to go and figure it out. He funnels everybody's plan into them. That's what I love about working with Gene. He gets so excited, right? I said, Gene, it's going to come to you. 
I came to you. All these people have come to this ministry. You didn't have to go out and find them. That's why I laughed. We are praying for a soul. We walk out that door. I mean, it was crazy. Man, I have no gas. I don't know God. And I have no food. Come on, you guys have to laugh at this because that's how good God is. Because he, we prayed for soul, another soul. A soul shows up right at the door. Right. That's saying, we, Gene knew in his heart he had to teach this out. Because he, God is going to take care of what's in you. And then he's going to have you help another person. Even a born-again person has somebody coming right to this person. So it's an exchange. You are always moving, moving, moving. He's always sending, sending, sending. All right? And so as long as you know, if you're not communing with God every day, through the Holy Spirit and Jesus, Jesus, Jesus comes to sanctify the soul. He comes to sanctify the soul. So when something's on judgment, Jesus has decided to bring the judgment on, to have something happen in your life, a trial, a tribulation, so that you will in turn, turn to trust the Holy Spirit, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And that's why Jesus, our trials really are set up already for us from the things we've already learned. And so it's a beautiful process when we just do what? Surrender. Man, if you know where you're assigned, and we say it all the time, people come in here for the wrong assignment, and then they start falling into their right assignment. Or they come in here for another reason, and then they realize it's for this reason. But if we can get people to surrender, just surrender. And just let yourself be. Man, that's when he speaks the most. It starts coming to you. And he wants to show people how to walk this out with him. Because he doesn't want to leave us stranded. He said it's his functions. He said the primary signs that we know that these seven functions are working. All right? There are four. We're going to end on this. There are four primary signs. One, how do you know that you are experiencing, because it says, God will manifest himself through these seven functions. The spirit is generating the kingdom of God. The soul is producing what is generating in the spirit. So remember, the whole purpose of the soul is to do what, everybody? Produce. Can everybody say produce? Produce, produce the kingdom of God. And because if it can produce the kingdom of God, what comes down? The kingdom of heaven. And when the kingdom of heaven comes down to earth, God manifests. So remember, this production, this is making the invisible kingdom known through the fruit of love, joy, peace, happiness. All right? This is what is going to give you right standing this is what's going to give you peace, and this is what's going to give you joy, because that's the kingdom of God. Those who, seek the, those who seek the kingdom of God have what? Righteousness, peace, and joy. All right, so the experience of love's maturity will be manifested of Christ's character and abundant life through this soul. All right, so here's how you know that this is all working. <laughs> this is how you know these seven internal functions are working in your life. One, you have a fear-free soul. 
A fear-free soul is a soul perfected in God's love. Please put 1 John 4.18. And that says, there is no fear in love. Dread does not exist. I'm going to tell you, that's just happened to me in the past two years where I have no fear. Because I know what's in me is what? Love. And so there's nothing to fear. There's nothing to get upset about because there is no fear in love. Dread doesn't exist anymore. That's how you know this is all working and you've got this flowing right. And it's okay if you still have fear. Because why? It's the maturity of this growing in love. There's a mature flow. So if you still have some fear, that means you're still what? Getting this order down. You're still getting this flow down. It says, love turns fear out of doors and expels every trace of terror. For fear brings with it the thought of punishment. And so he who is afraid has not reached the full maturity of love, is not yet grown into love's complete perfection. Okay, get this. I love the part where it says, because this is what I used to really believe. For fear brings with it the thought of what? Punishment. Man, I thought I was in trouble all the time. Even when I was doing good, I still feared that I was doing wrong. Okay? And this is where in trials and tribulations, fear can grip you. And you could think, oh my God. And you're trying to trust the Spirit, but you're still fearing what? The enemy. Because it's the enemy gripping you fear. It's not what you really want. You don't want to fear. But we fear because we think we're going to get punished. If you are doing anything in any group, any organization, and anybody makes you feel if you don't do something right, you're getting punished, you are part of a cult. <laughs> I'm telling you right now. I'm serious. That's part of what's going on in the world right now. What's going on in the world right now is people want to take religion and make it like a boot camp of work. And they're, what are they doing? They're making people, they're increasing the fear that they're not producing for that. When the whole time, who are you supposed to be producing for? God, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. But he's going to put you in a place where you can work as a team and fellowship with people. But those people shouldn't make you feel like you're what? Going to be punished. If there is fear because of not doing, producing properly, then that's not God. That is not God. You can have fear in your job to get fired. <laughs> you know, because everybody has to work a job, right? Everybody has to get paid. And what does your job do? Tells you how to handle things, right? So you can have that. And that's okay. Because what? We're beings that have to work in the world. But I'm going to tell you right now, if there is any religion out there that's making you fear punishment because if you don't do this because they told you to do that, blah, blah, this, run. <laughs> I'm saying that cute. Do you know what I mean? Run. That's a cult. It's not God. God said there's no what? Fear in love. He says, for fear brings with the thought of punishment. Okay, now, we can come into this ministry and still think we're not pleasing the man of God, but what do we need to do? Stop in the name of love. <laughs> okay? We need to stop in the name of love. I don't have to please that man. I have to submit to maybe what this ministry is growing but who do I have to really please? God. Okay? God's going to bring you in a place to help. He really is trying to get people in right places that will be comfortable for them. 
this place isn't going to be comfortable for everybody. Because you got to want to be able to really tap into that spirit and do what the spirit's got in you. One thing I can tell you about Gene Hall and this ministry, he doesn't control anybody. He'll let you go out to the wrong and let you come right back. And you won't even know that he thought you were wrong. That's a good leader. A good leader? Every time I did something wrong, I didn't even know he even thought I was doing anything wrong. And then I come back and I was what? Did it wrong. <laughs> and I got used to it. Like I got used to not understanding. But guess what? Who taught me? The Holy Spirit. Gene became the witness of God in my life. Yes, this is good. And if I even, he, he will let you go and grow. I mean, come on. His daughter even knows that. You know what I mean? There's times I bet you would have loved him. Just tell me what to do, Dad. And he didn't. He just let her go off and do what she wanted to do. And then when she came back, he had his what? Arms open with love. And says, because the only way we can experience the truth of God is falling in the lie. I mean, come on. It's the only way to find out what the truth is. And then you allow him to teach it to you. And then guess what? Your breath on that is so strong that nobody's ever going to take it away. And you know how you know it too? There's a love in you that you don't got to beat everybody out and tell them what's right or wrong. Okay? And that takes time because we all get what's called spiritual pride. And how do you know you have spiritual pride? You're still fearing punishment, but you're trying to do good. Get it? So we can't fear punishment. It's a thought. It's not what is a God thought. It's an enemy thought. Number two, how do you know a sign that these are working right? All right? So we just said a fear-free soul. That's the goal. We're trying to get to a fear-free soul. The second, a soul producing the fullness of his blessing, Proverbs 10.22. It says, Proverbs 10.22, the blessing of the Lord makes truly rich and he adds no sorrow with it. That means neither does toiling increase. Okay, I love this. We came in and spent time with God. What showed up outside our door? A soul. I like that, right? We didn't work to advertise to bring that soul here. We came and we just read some scripture, worshiped some God and loved on Jesus. And we talked about how our goal was, was souls. And we weren't even hoping a soul walked in the door. We go out and the soul is waiting in his car. All right? I love that. Don't you love that? God meets us right where we're at. He said there will be no toiling. All Kathy had to do was on Thursday come in alignment with a scripture, believe that scripture, and he was going to come where? Meet her right where she was at here tonight. Do you get what I'm saying? She didn't plan and say, I'm going to meet God and he's going to do this for me tonight, blah, 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 blah. That's not how it works. It works that we go towards him, he brings everything to us. He says, that is the blessing of the Lord. It makes one truly rich and he adds no sorrow. That's how you know these functions are working. Because anything that's coming to you, even if it's a challenge, there's going to be no sorrow it's only going to be his victory. All right? So it says, a soul producing prosperity believes this. A, they are safe. I love your testimony. It was so good. She felt safe. She knows God's her protector. 
before her husband, her God is her protector. Yeah. All right? And God was good. He knew Eddie Joe was out of town. Yeah. He said, I'm going to make her trust me. I'm going to make her feel safe. He did it to me, too, with the car thing. Yeah. So I got that. So a soul-producing prosperity feels safe knowing who their God is. It is a person. It's producing happiness. You can be happy for people. How many times have we had time we're not happy for somebody? I mean, come on, let's be honest, right? I mean, so there's times we're not happy for people, and we want to point out what we're not happy with. You better just start taking that and turning it towards you because there's something that's not happy then in you. And that means there's something he's going to work in these functions out of you. All right, the second is healthy. Man, I love Kathy's testimony tonight because why? He says if these functions are working properly and you're doing it on his timing, now this is important. We're not trying to get ahead of God. We're working on his timing, all right? That means he's going to take out that dark sickness and put in his blessing, which is him, in you. And you will never have that sickness again. I haven't been sick in six years. My first year here, I got sick, 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 sick. And then when I learned, all this stuff was moving out of me at God's pace. And then all of a sudden, I was like, it's awesome. You don't get sick. You know, let me tell you, the last time I started getting sick, it was three years ago. There was a lady working back there, and she was, <laughs> and I was walking. I was hearing it. And what, what, entered, my, what entered my brain? A thought. Yeah. It says, okay, I want to go in there and put my hand. I, I wanted to cover my face. <laughs> So the moment I acted that I wanted to cover my face, what did Satan see? She thinks she's going to get sick. I didn't say anything. I was like, uh, yeah, okay, so I went in, and I had paper, and I did go like this. And guess what? I looked up. She went, she coughed, coughed. It's like I saw the little germ. And then it went right into my mouth and attached right here. Right? I'm serious. Everybody knows when it attaches to your throat and you start feeling it grow. I went home. I said, I, I repented. I said, Lord, I, I received that thought. I was mad at myself. I did. I sat up. I worshiped. I kept reminding him of all his scriptures that that is not my, that is, that I am whole in the name of Jesus. Do you know what? It was awesome. By the time I wore that out, I didn't tell anybody about it. I felt it lift right out of my body and I, nothing ever happened to it. And it became a testimony because I believe in his word more than my own thought. And you know, God sees that if you connect to the wrong, even though you know the right, if you repent and go back and press in, he'll take it away. I told Rachel about the dog. My first experience laying on hands and somebody being healed was that dog. It had an open gash. And Rachel said to me, she was going to a camp, mom, don't let my dog die. And I was like, I'm not going to let it die. <laughs> so she goes to camp. I said, just trust me. And the dog, it, the gash, it was bad. It, had, it was getting infected. I was looking at that dog. That morning I worshiped God and the Lord showed me the verse in John 17 about Lazarus and how Jesus laid hands on Lazarus because Mary and Martha loved him so much. And because Jesus loved Mary and Martha so much, he healed and brought Lazarus back to life. The Lord told me now, if you will pray that prayer over the dog, I will heal that dog. He said, because it's her love, not your love, but you love her. And man, I was nervous. Like, I was thinking, I hope nobody looks around. I was on the porch, <laughs> you know. So anybody going to see me laying hands on my dog, right? But I did it. I took her paws, 
And I got on my knees and I prayed from my heart what Jesus prayed over Lazarus. And I felt the anointing, the electricity ran through my body, ran through my arms, and then the dog fell onto my hand. And I'm like, wow. So then I put the dog down. (laughs) I went to work and I come back at five o'clock. That dog runs up to my car. Now this dog was going like this. That's how bad the infection was. She comes up to my car and I was like, oh my God. I was like, completely healed. Man, I took that dog, we went to the dock. I was worshiping God. Because what was God doing for me? Building my faith. All right, so when Rachel, this dog was sick this time, because Rachel's like, mom, you gonna lay hands on it? I said, no. I said, this is to build your faith. It's not to build my faith. I said, that dog already has built my faith. I said, but you can believe in that dog's healing. And Rachel, if you believe, God is going to honor you, and the word won't come back void. And then I watched her suffer how many days? Three days. And then when she played the scripture on the third day, that dog's up running. And so it is the way of God. And he set that trial, that dog not to be able to walk, so Rachel's faith would grow. See, that's what I love about God. He says, if you have the spirit and you recognize the spirit, I am going to cause the things in your life to happen to you. But now trust me, because I'm going to show you why, and I'm going to teach you these things, and you are going to feel safe. You're going to feel happy. You're going to feel healthy. You're going to have peace. And most of all, you're going to have a joy of God. And joy means the awareness of God's favor. Joy is just knowing the awareness of God's favor. So that's how you know. That's the second primary sign. Two more left. Third, a soul producing the fullness of his provision. (coughs) Psalms 123.15 says, I will surely and abundantly bless her provision. I will satisfy her poor with bread. And that is Psalms 123.15. It says, I will surely and abundantly bless her, and I will satisfy her poor with bread. What's our poor? Our poor is our lack of what the soul doesn't know the truth that's in the spirit. But the moment we start getting a heart for something, that I don't want to be this way anymore. I don't want to be like this. The spirit, if you have that Bible, it'll start teaching you something. And he promises you, he will give you the measure. All of these things come in a measure of Christ. Keeps growing. More Christ, more Christ, more measure, more measure, increase, increase, increase. More provision, more, less fear, right? More fullness of blessing keeps coming along. 2 Corinthians 9, 8 says, And God is able to make all grace and every favor in earthing Bethan come to you in abundance. You get this? If you do this in his way, you allow these functions to work together, all starting with hearing God, but doing what? Communing with him so you can discern the goodness instead of the negative things that are in our soul. You've got to be able to discern that goodness of God and stick with it. And he says, God is able 
to make all grace come to you in abundance, in abundance. He's not saying just a little bit. He wants to give us a what? An abundance. But he prepares us in measure, a little measure here, a little measure there, a little measure here. Man, it makes me nervous when I hear somebody say, man, I'm going to be, I'm going to be completely whole and I'm going to be this last man in one year. Okay, it makes me nervous <laughs> because it's a life process. And he knows every step of the way what is one thing we have to do for him. And he's not going to bring any sorrow to that. He said, so that you may always and under all circumstances and whatever the need be self-sufficient, possessing enough to require no aid or support and furnish in abundance for every good work and charitable donation. I am, that, this is amazing. When these functions are working and God asks you to do something, okay, I love this. When God broke my ankle, I like that. I say God did that because it was in his plan. He showed it to me in May, something was wrong with my right ankle. In October, my ankle broke, right? Do you know he brought all grace and full abundance to me? When I got the hospital bill, a big check came in that I didn't expect, paid the whole bill. Now, come on. He knew he was putting me down. That's why I was like, oh. He knew he was going to put me down for those months. He needed me down. Let me tell you, the revelation and worship was just like killer. I mean, I still haven't even been able to teach all the stuff that came out during that time. But I can tell you this. I did not look at it that the enemy did it to me because he did not. It was in God's plan. And my little internal functions, it had attacks, right? I, it, was, it was almost hard to worship because I wasn't worshiping from goodness. I was worshiping, why is my leg broken, right? <laughs> I was worshiping for, give me answers. And I've never worshiped him like that. I've always worshiped him because, great, I see you, I, you touch me, great. I just keep loving doing this, right? And my life has changed. I have changed. So when the ankle came, can you imagine? the mental game that was working. All right, but I love it because he brought all my provision, which is what gave me the, <gasps> when I got the hospital bill and then I get a commission on a house that's not even in foundation yet because the bank says we issue the realtor commissions out early. Nobody does that. The realtor gets paid last. We do not get paid first. And it was just the exact amount of money. Now, come on, that is what provision when he's putting you in to do something that he needs to increase in you. He needed me down so he could do what in me? Increase. It was going to be a different type of move. And so it's a blessing when things like that happen. He says, whatever the need be, self it's going to possess enough to require no aid, support, finish, in abundance for every good work and charitable. People had came to me, do you need help? Because let me tell you, I had no health insurance because the Lord told me not to have health insurance. He t I heard him clearly. Now, I'm not telling anybody to go cancel your health insurance because did the Holy Spirit tell you that? <laughs> yeah. Okay, that's what I'm saying. The Holy Spirit told me. I heard him say, I will be your insurance. And I remember when we, I was sitting in the emergency room and Gene comes in, he goes like this, he signed me in. He followed the ambulance and he said, do you have any insurance? And he went like this. And I was like, no, the Lord is my insurance. 
And he was like, and we'll talk about that later. <laughs> and he walked, he, <laughs> and I sat there, da, 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 and I was like, okay, Lord, you said you're my insurance. <laughs> like, you do not let me, this would be any wrong, right? And it was so cool when the bill came and it was the exact money that I got two weeks before I broke my ankle. Even Gene was like, wow. Because that was the grace of God preparing something. And he says, he will bring, he'll furnish that abundance for every good work. So there was good work happening in that. See, we have to look at things as the opposite of what we would see. We see somebody who gets cancer, you know what I say? Awesome! Because guess what? It's going to be what? His good work. Can you get that? Can we grasp that? People think I'm crazy. Mamie and Carl say to me, we don't have a house. Awesome! Right? That's not bad. Because now what are we doing? Making room for his abundance. So as these seven internal functions work, now provision, the soul must produce the fullness of provision. You know, and I know this is crazy, but the word says there is only one sickness unto death. Only one. So guess what? All these other sicknesses we've had, the word says are for the glory of the Lord. For him to prove something to you. So there isn't any sickness that anybody doesn't have in here. And if it's not your sickness that's going to bring you to death, then he's using it to show you how awesome his provision is towards you. Because he's got to show his awesomeness to us. Isn't that powerful? So now you can't come to me. And now I know if, if people go to different church, when they come to me with stuff like this, I'm like, praise God, this is awesome. Because he wants to get you a house. I go, praise God, awesome. He wants to heal you. Do you know what I mean? But we have to actually what? Receive it. How do we receive it? Knowing that there is a spirit of truth that wants to get the truth of the spirit in the soul. And he says, it's going to be a battle. So now just work it out. Keep confessing the scripture. Keep communing with me. Keep doing this with me. He's like, just keep coming. Keep coming. And then boom, one day, you are healthy. Boom, one day, you've got a house. Boom. One day, he's proven his word to you. He has brought you your provision. It is awesome. I'm going to tell you, this girl got a free house. And I was just like, she's like new into this, right? It hadn't even been a year she's been in this. She gets a free house. I'm like, oh, my God, God wants you to worship him. She didn't have to worry about a mortgage payment. I mean, it was so awesome when it happened. You knew it was God. that It came in one week. Chop, 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 chop. That's how fast it was, wasn't it? That's, it was amazing. So remember, God wants to prove his awesomeness to us. But there is an order to this, because everything with God is an order. The spirit of truth and the truth of the spirit have got to get into its alignment. The seven internal functions, be prepared. How is this working? Always ask yourself, if nothing's happening, am I communing with God? Because if you're not communing with him, you can know a promise and nothing happens. Because he doesn't have to bring it to you. He has to love you, but he doesn't have to bring you the promise. He says there's a grace that overcomes all grace. And it's an unmerited favor. And that's the day he saves you. But then he says the next level of grace, we're going to work together. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? Sometimes we get that first roll of grace, and we just want it to keep going like that. And he's like, nah, this is about relationship. We're going to work this together, and you're going to trust me. I'm going to show you. 
you're going to act on this. I'm going to take something out of you, and then boom, I'm going to bring you something you didn't expect. Because that's his goodness. He wants us to cry out of our spirit the goodness of God. That's the discernment. The discernment ring for me is so wide of goodness that somebody can tell me I have no house, and I'm like, great, because I already know his what? Goodness brings all provision. It brings all the provision you need. You know, and he's, he's, he's really put me through the, the, the believing that was not completely easy. All right, here we go. The last sign. Wait, hold on. I missed my page. Maybe there was only three. I thought there was four. There was only three. Okay. All right, but I'll finish with these two verses. 2 Corinthians 8, 14. But to have equality, share and share alike. This is so important. I'm going to tell you, equality. The Lord showed me in the word. There are a lot of teachers out there. I love it. Kenneth Copeland, Joyce Myers, all these names out there, right? Awesome. Because God has given them their revelation. But he says, not one of them will boast. And if they do, they're wrong. Because none of them created the word of God. And everything is the foundation of the word. So there is no teacher out there that should boast their revelation and experience is to share, to motivate. But nobody should be taking credit because it is the word of God. And he tells us in 2 Corinthians 8, 14, but to have equality, share and share alike. Your surplus over necessity at the present time going to meet their want and to equalize the different created by it. So that at some other time, their surplus in turn may be given to supply your want. Thus, there may be equality. All right. As this is functioning and you receive provision and abundance, the first thing you need to do with that provision and abundance is ask God, what do I need to do with it? All right, because then he says, now, in your abundance, you're going to help me supply for another. It is God's true accounting system. If I have an overflow, it's not for me. I got to take that overflow, and I say, okay, God, what you want me to do with it? And he'll say, oh, maybe do this, maybe do that. But one time I remember I got $950, and I remember the Lord said, I, I, I was going to do something. I, I, I received this money, and I was going to save something for Rachel, to buy something for Rachel. And I heard, nope, just keep it in your purse. And then every time I'd be with somebody, I heard, now give this money. Out. Do this, do this, do this. And the last guy I gave the last $100 with was a very wealthy man who he said, I don't need your $100. I was like, you need this $100. <laughs> okay, let me tell you, we cannot judge when God gives us surplus who it's supposed to go to. If you hear you're supposed to give $1,000 something, you better do it. If you hear you're supposed to do something with $100, you better do it. Because he gave you that surplus so you can help somebody else, so he keeps filling your account. And it's not about money. It's about the movement of his goodness through the people. When I said to that guy, and you know what was in my bag? Like I had this list of prosperity scriptures, right? about health, the soul. I gave this to this man. 
And he goes, no, just give the $100 to your daughter. I'm like, no, 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 no. Here is some scriptures. You ask God. He goes, I don't need to ask God. I'll give it to poor people. Do me a favor. Please ask God. <laughs> I said, please submit this $100 to God. And because another lady I gave at a counter and at a food lion, and um, I gave it to the, the cart runner guy. I said, look, will you get this girl, Shirley, this $100? And he goes, you know, she just told me she was asking God for $100 today. Now, see, isn't that awesome? Yes. That's how God moves. If you can hear the Spirit say to you, okay, you're going to give this money, then wait. He'll tell you right where to take it. And while you're moving it, He is bringing the equality back to you. There's always a cycle. He says, if you will bring everything to the apostles' feet, that means if you can lay yourself down, He's not only going to heal you, change you, mature you, bring you into a fullness. He says, I'm also going to take care of everything around you. And I'm going to make it like an accounting system. Rachel's dating a boy, right? A young man. And um, his grandfather has a garage full of 20 vehicles. And she'll come home. Oh, he bought another vehicle. Oh, does he have room in his garage? Yeah, oh, they have another house. They'll fill that garage. And I said, Rachel, that man has surplus. And, I'm, and Rachel goes, yeah. And I said, those cars are for people. Those cars aren't for him to save. God is encouraging him to save these cars, right? Because he's going to have to give them all out. Yep. I mean, he didn't even have to think about it. It may not be his time to give them out. But when Rachel told me the story, my spirit started rising. Rachel's like, what? why are you so excited? I said, because that man, he has been called to save some serious cars to pass them all out. But at the time of God. But people say to him all the time, they think it's wrong that he has all these cars. But this man, she is spiritual. And I said to Rachel, I said, he may not know when he has to release them, but nobody should be judging why he has all those cars. Because it's going to be for God's movement. Isn't that exciting to know that somebody is holding something that you, you might not even be thinking about, but yet you have to let it go to that person, even Kathy's little trailer truck that your jeep that bleeds you know or that leaks right or that has leaked um that's going to be for somebody else so praise god the last scripture we're going to leave on to this so just think about this our life is about equality it's about balance it's about us learning how to move in these internal functions so that we can actually be usable vessels for god to help other people and we are constantly going to be blessed i like it if you can find what you're called to, man, you've just opened up an amazing flow in your life. But that's where, make sure you know, the conscious discernment in worship is what bears witness to what is God and what is not God. And something can feel like God and doesn't mean it is God. And I'm going to tell you, if you go back to the three things, ask yourself, is it bringing me fear of punishment? Is it... Is it holding back my blessings? Am I not safe? Am I not happy? Ask yourself these questions. Do you know what I mean? Am I, am I not receiving the provision? Because God's not going to put you anywhere. Your provision's not. 3 John 1, 2 is the last verse. And it says, beloved. He calls us as beloved. That's his love name for us. Do you know in Hebrew what love means? Everybody knows the word love. Does anybody know in Hebrew what love means? It means to give. Everything about love means to give. 
Love is never to take. Love is to give. And as you give, the equality of giving comes back to you. So if you are an awesome person full of love and you're growing in this, man, can you imagine the exciting flow of the cycle that you can experience with God? I know because I, mean, I really do experience it. It's like amazing when you have a man come in and there's an envelope and there's $1,000 in it. And you just had a dream about this person needs this and you now just got 700 out of the 1,000, the 750 you need to take care of something for the other person. Now, come on, isn't that awesome? It comes to you, just like the soul. It comes, things come to you as these functions are working. So he says in 3 John 1, 2, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in every way and that your body may keep well, even as I know your soul keeps well and prospers. So what this verse is trying to tell us is we can never prosper until our soul prospers. And our soul can only prosper if these three chords are working together as one. And that means the only way we know what we're hearing is God is because we've done what? Communed with him. And then the goodness, we look for the goodness. If you're speaking negative, if you're on a roll of gossip, if you're on a roll of complaining, that is not God's goodness. I don't care how good you can make it sound. You are moving out of that discernment. And if it has judgment, it's not God. Judgment is for Jesus to take his word and for you to judge yourself. It's never for other people. I really, I, it's, it's awesome. So that's why if these three are working properly, then what happens in three days? Things get knocked out. As the Spirit shows you, in three days, there can be something not right here. Boom, it, it's gone. Death, burial, resurrection. But this, how do you know this is working? You're hearing something. You're communing. You discern the goodness of God. And then boom, phew, he is clear in the soul at his timing and his move for his appointed time and for something he has planned for you. And in that comes the fullness of love, the fullness of prosperity, the fullness of his blessing. It's beautiful. Isn't that awesome? Praise God. We have a good God because it's not easy to learn these processes. It takes a lot. It takes a lot of time. As long as you're willing to say, God, I tell this to people who get started, Lord, just give me the time. And watch it. Time starts fitting in. Now will you actually spend the time <laughs> when he sets it? So let's pray. All right, Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, Lord, we thank you. We thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, and we thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit. Lord, we thank you that we know that only the Spirit can draw us to the truth. So, Lord, as we connect with your truth, we will honor your order, Lord, and we will seek you, and we know we will find you. Lord, we will knock, and you will open the door for us. Lord, we will stand on your word as you reveal it to us in the Spirit. Lord, help the truth of the word take out everything that is not of you. And Lord, show us one step at a time what is that one good thing that you are bringing towards us and you want us to work towards. 
So, Lord, I thank you for your son, and I thank you for the word, and we thank you for the Holy Spirit. Because in the balance is the explosion of truth and love. So, Lord, help us to be open to see the truth and to receive the love that you are sending towards us. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen.